right, everybody. Welcome back to our next episode of Next Flix. Next Flix. Um, in high fidelity, in stereo. Yeah, we're actually doing the new recording thing we promised to do last time and then uh, didn't have time to get set up properly. Yeah, and there's there's just no guarantee that this is awesome because we spent like 20 minutes this morning trying to set it up. So hopefully it's the best thing that you've ever heard. If not... I don't know if that's going to be... Uh, if not, we don't know what to tell you. Yeah, if not, then then listen to... Worse stuff, so it's the best. Um, wow, it's it's a morning recording session here. Yeah, I, I think this is the earliest we've ever recorded. It, um, with the exception of Lego Batman, maybe. Yeah, you're right, that was earlier because you had to catch a plane. Yeah, so in honor of Easter and in honor of 420, which, which is like becoming a real holiday Uh. for people, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, we're recording an episode. Yeah. Recording an episode about Aladdin, the 1982 original animated edition. We are going to a place that's fictional, but in the middle East, going to a whole new world. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) That's maybe the worst thing ever. Um, Not kidding. Um, So, yeah, guys. So, Aladdin. Let's just jump in. All right. Yeah, let's just jump right in. Let's just do it. Skip the pleasantries. (laughs) The niceties. Do you have any Um, opening statements before we get into the spoilery stuff? Can you spoil a 17-year-old movie? Um... 27-year-old no. movie. 27-year-old movie. Gonna, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I will say, here's my opening statement. This movie comes from what I would, not me specific, this isn't my idea. Let me clarify that. What I would agree with, the idea that this was the renaissance of Disney animation. Yes. Um, you know, it, it came out during the time of Beauty and the Beast. Um, the, uh, wow. Yeah, that's, there are other ones, and I just completely had something formulated that's not there anymore. <laughs> it came out during the time of um, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, and some other classics from, from them like that. I would really say this is like the the peak of Disney animation. Yeah, it's a real golden age. This is when Disney started winning Oscars for their animated films. This is actually when yeah. uh, I looked into the history of it, when animated films started being up for Oscars, and Disney started winning them. Uh, Aladdin won two for two different songs yeah 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 it it was um it was really interesting um to see that and and that was before pixar so now obviously pixar wins all of them whenever they put out a a new movie but but with that said this was really the renaissance age of of disney um so with that said um coming out of the the bat this is a, a really great movie um, it's one of your favorite movies. Yeah, it was my, I always call it my first favorite movie. Cause it's the first movie I remember thinking this is my favorite movie when I was like eight years old or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I just did some research 
earlier this morning for this episode, actually. Um, so here's the thing, guys. I came super prepared for this episode, <laughs> which is, is not the... like. I'm a little off the cuff, stream of consciousness. I'll take some notes, but not like detailed notes. Braden's definitely the note taker of us two. <laughs> and the roles have definitely reversed for today. I took no notes today in Luke. Although you want to know what's funny? I always take very good notes and I very rarely look at them during our show. That's really true. <laughs> I do the same thing. Any notes I do take, the direction of the conversation like goes a different way, which is fine. That's awesome. My notes always stop about halfway through the film and I just stop taking notes and just start thinking. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I wanted to, to settle the the thing about Aladdin here. Okay. Um, the th- that was really, un- that was really vague. Aladdin takes place. It opens up, uh, in kind of an epic way with a, with an epic, uh, voiceover. And it, it kind of in the mm, exposition, that's, that's kind of the term for that. Uh, it sets up Aladdin in the fictional city of Akraba. Yes. And, and I feel like it's important, important to to say obviously Akrabah's not a real place um I mean I haven't been to every single city in the Middle East um but according to my research this morning it's a fictional city um but I I was like where is it supposed to take place at and I I found something really interesting is that um in some of the original stories Aladdin is actually in China. Really? So it is an Arab, it is an Arab folktale, uh, or sorry, so sorry, Middle Eastern folktale. Right. It comes um, from a, it comes from a thousand Arabian nights, doesn't it? Yeah. A thousand and one Arabian nights. Um, so it is a folktale for sure. However, it says here, uh, Aladdin is an impoverished young, never, uh, near, sorry, this uses a weird word. Nair do well. Oh yeah, yeah. Dwelling in one of the cities of China. So that's interesting. So I, I thought that was interesting. Um, which this is before China was a, a city, uh, and and given like how Persia was and things like that way back in the day. Um, you know, you remember that way back when? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I used to have a timeshare there. Yeah, it was a great place. <laughs> Very nice people. Um, <laughs> But uh, it might make sense. Anyways, there's no real credence to that other than I thought that was interesting in some of my reading this morning. No, it is interesting. Um, do you have anything else to say before we hop into the film? No, I'm done now. Okay. I, I would just like to say I love this film. I love the music. It's kind of a roller coaster of a movie. Watching it again, it's very clearly a kid's movie, but I still really enjoyed it, and I'm 24. So, yeah, it's a good film. Yeah, so we're old. Oh, just a little. That's that's the the thing. Twenty one year, twenty four. Anyways, um, so let's just jump in. Yeah, let's just do it. The film starts with a uh, a nice opening musical number from the genie, or maybe the genie. Yeah. It, it well. Um, so yeah, it's this merchant. Well, he has a camel. I assume he's a merchant or a person yeah. just traveling with a camel. He's a merchant because he starts selling yeah. things. Yeah. So this is definitely an interesting opening to the movie because we haven't met the genie yet. We don't know who the genie is. It is voiced by Robin Williams. That guy with the camel. Yeah. Um, 
And there was a there was this theory. This is also why I love this era of Disney movies because there's so many fun uh, uh, theories about them. But there's this big theory that uh, that Merchant was the genie who naturally as a genie is somewhat immortal and has outlived Aladdin and Jasmine and the whole nation of Agrabah. So he just travels he's around like reflected. Yeah. He's framing it, which I really like. It almost sets something up that I'm going to say later. Um, but this genie's framing the story. Um, my, my vote in, in the lamp, I guess, is that <laughs> this is, this is uh, the genie setting the stage, telling the story of the past. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's genie. So yeah, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very fun opening musical number that doesn't really pertain to the film all that much, but it's still fun. And then genie opens up his shop or the, the, I got to stop calling him genie. The merchant opens up his shop and starts trying to sell things to the audience. Yeah. So I want to talk about the musical number real quick. Yeah. This is an introspection conversation into musicals. Okay. Uh, and I wrote this down because I had the thought when I was watching it, I was like, I wonder why. Um, why do musicals work? Because they, they do. We watch musicals all the time from Disney. Uh, if, if you're into Broadway, you, you'll go see some awesome musicals there. Les Mis, Wicked, you name it, Hamilton, whatever. There's a lot of cool musicals out there that clearly work so well at telling stories. But why do they work at telling stories? Because Aladdin has a lot of awesome musical numbers in it. That's a good point. Um, I didn't know we were getting to the deep questions this early. <laughs> yeah, I'm just right off the bat. I wrote it down. I was right. like, deep question one. <laughs> you know, I think stories and music both try to elicit an emotional response, particularly fictional stories. And I think why musicals work is you're trying to hit a very, you're trying to hit a, a chord with a, with a particular type of emotional response which is why why using music to hit that chord harder can really work. I mean, I, I, have you ever, do you watch Grey's Anatomy? I have. I haven't, but not like enough to know it like by heart or anything. Right. It, it's pretty common in a lot of the episodes that like toward the end, there'll be some song playing just in the background, not like in the show, but in the background of the, what you're watching. And it, yeah. it it's that same kind of thing. They're using that song to hit a particular type of emotion to make you realize this is what we're saying. This is what we're trying to do. And I think musicals do that, but in a more upfront way. I think that's why they work. Hmm. That's interesting. So almost that musicals play on your emotions <clears throat> in ways that normal films don't. I think they do it in the same way, just a much more extreme version of it. So it's more dramatic. Yes. And also music, music triggers a, a different part of your brain than just watching a show would do that I think can also help awaken you to the story a little bit. I mean, for example, I've never seen Hamilton. I've listened to the soundtrack and I'm fairly certain I know the whole story because music kind of can convey a message in a lot more compact, intense way than just talking or acting can. Yeah, I completely agree. It summarizes the, th- um, the situations up, and it makes it awesome. It makes yeah. it awesome. That's my that's my little byline for that. Yeah, I, I mean, taking that first song where 
you know, the merchant sings very, very low. I come from a land from like very low, but it's kind of quickly and intense. And then he very suddenly shoots up real high for the chorus and the music gets big. It's kind of a roller coaster of a song, which kind of also explains the movie, a bit of a roller coaster of a film. So I think this opening song kind of gets you ready for what the movie's about to do to you. I agree for what it's about to do to you. That's awesome. Okay, keep going. We need to keep sliding along there or I'll keep talking about this all day. Right. So the merchant tries to sell stuff and he eventually gets to the lamp and he tells the story and it opens like all good stories do in a dark night. What a dark man waits with a dark purpose. I was watching this yeah. movie with my wife and when that part came out, she just looked at me and whispered, dark, dark, dark. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's very nefarious. It is. And then we... We get a jump to Jafar. So Jafar is the villain of the story. Very quickly, very stereotypical villain. But so good. But so good. So I want to talk about Jafar real okay. quick because I, I wrote another little note here. Um, the, the Jafar, he's played... Um, He's a fictional character, in case anyone's wondering. Uh, he's originally <laughs> played by Jonathan Freeman. Yeah. Um, who has played Jafar from the beginning. He is actually still playing Jafar as of this episode on Broadway. No um, way, really? Dude, I, so I, I saw, I've seen the Broadway adaption of, of Aladdin, and I saw Jonathan Freeman play it. And it was amazing. It was that perfect. is incredible. He has honed in on this character. I mean, he's he's played it for how old did you say? It was twenty seven years old. Yeah, twenty seven years. Wow. He's pl- he's played this. Um, wow, that's a long time. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, he's played this character for twenty seven years. It's a long freaking time. Now, you may not know this. Do you, has he played it like through all the different movies and the TV show and stuff? There are. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't know about the TV shows. In the movies, at least, he has. Okay. Um, to, and there's a there's been a few movies though in general, so I'd have to double check all of that. But um, but with that said, he he's played Jafar and still plays Jafar for a long time. And I, Jonathan Freeman is really the only. They're all great voice actors, but he's the main one I want to shout out because he's um, he does a really great job. Um, being Jafar. Yeah, he does. I just want to say that. That's pretty awesome. I didn't know that. Huh. Fun fact for you. Fun facts. Oh yeah, I'm looking at his uh, his uh, biography, and yeah, he's doing he's done Jafar in all the video games, the TV shows. Wow. Now there's some articles out there where because when I saw Aladdin on Broadway, phenomenal adaption, by the way. We're not going to get into it um, too much, but awesome. Um, <laughs> but uh, when I saw this Jonathan Freeman playing it and he played the original Jafar, I was like, what is this? This is going to be amazing. And, and it was, and I did some reading and saw that like Jafar is a character that's really for Jonathan Freeman. Freeman has kind of changed his life. Yeah. If you have some time to read some, some stories on it, it's actually pretty incredible. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. I'm going to have to read that. Uh, Sorry, I got distracted by some. Anyway, moving forward. <laughs> I'll tell you what I got distracted by later because it's pretty awesome. So okay. Jafar has got this little little thief, this little unnamed thief, uh, who he is sending into the Cave of Wonders to try and steal a lamp. 
and the the cave of wonder wakes up and it's this big tiger head which by the way cool looking cave creepy cave but cool very creepy very deep voice who does the voice for the cave because it sounds like james earl jones (laughs) uh it's definitely affected yeah but still um so the the thief goes in the cave deems him unworthy and then eats him which is awesome yep and they realize they have to find the diamond in the rough yes and then we get a cut to aladdin being a street merchant stealing bread not a street merchant a street rat a street rat because there's a song about it you gotta get the, the the thing right man i'm sorry i'm sorry i have no notes if only i took notes because there's an entire musical number on it no yeah so this is where we get introduced to aladdin and and really the one of the coolest ways ever he's he's stealing food so he can eat um because he's he's just kind of a homeless um i mean he has a rooftop home but he's he's a yeah exactly um he's a he's a squatter in that little abandoned building yeah he he yeah he is um so he's stealing some food the guards catch him they chase after him there's this wonderful musical number um yeah do you have anything uh, to say about that scene i well we'll talk about the musical number i want to shout out our our fantastic musician here alan menken who yeah, he works for us thank you man yeah yeah he's on staff it's great um yeah alan menken and uh not Brad Kane. Who's the other guy's name? But the, the um, two guys who wrote almost all of the music in this film. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Alan, he is, I, I wouldn't even say arguable. He is one of the greatest um, musicians of our time. <laughs> if you have heard a Disney song not performed by Elton John, it was probably written by Alan Menken. Yeah, or Phil <laughs> Collins. But, yeah, but if with it, that said... Yeah. He's even done more outside of of Disney too, and he's just he's really good. He really is one of the best musicians um, of our time. Speaking and of the composers, speaking of the Aladdin Broadway, he was uh, on the Aladdin Broadway tour for a while playing the music. He was, and they are. <coughs> by the way, I just found this out, and it's going to be amazing. Hercules is going to Broadway, and um, really, he, oh my gosh. They're, it's not official. They're doing a short run of Hercules at the Public Theater in, in New York. Yeah. Which, if you know anything about the Public, it's it's a it, it's an awesome little theater. But it's almost like a I don't want to say this for sure, but it's like a test theater, to my understanding. Not yeah. test, but like Hamilton was there a while before it went to Broadway. It, it's um, the, it's their opening market theater. <laughs> yeah, just to see if there's interest to some degree. I think that's why they're doing it. Um, but Alan Menken's been been on on board with it, which is awesome. That's pretty dope. Is that the thing I saw him and uh, no, that's a different story. Sorry, I saw this thing on Twitter with him and Lin Manuel Miranda are working together on something, and I want to know what. I hope so. That's incredible. Holy crap! <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he the music Aladdin would not be Aladdin without this music. It really wouldn't. And I, I, okay, so we're partially doing this because the trailer for the new Aladdin came out a while back and I want to talk about this one because I think we're both going to go see the new one when it comes out and we may talk about it, who knows, but um, it's one thing I wanted to talk about because there's been conflicting reports about what all songs are going to end up in the new film. film. Yeah. How do you think they could tell this story without the music? I don't think they can. Yeah. 
because there's some musicals they do like they they told Jungle Book with only like one song in it. Yeah, I, I would say that you've heard there's only one song in it. In the in the live action Jungle Book came out like two years ago. Yeah, there's only like one song in it. I don't know how I feel about that. It was actually a pretty good movie, even with only the one song. There was a live. Hold on, what? The live action Jungle Book. It was made by John oh. Favreau. It came out two years ago. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I was like, wait, there was a more. Okay. <laughs> okay, Luke's on page now. <laughs> Sorry, I've arrived. Hi guys. Um, <laughs> hey Luke, we're talking about Aladdin. Welcome to be here. Well, sorry, I actually didn't hear you say Jungle Book, so you said Aladdin. I was like, "There's another live Aladdin." Oh, what? sorry, sorry. Okay, no, 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 don't be. I, I, I just was apparently in my own little world. Um, yes, but when I think of Jungle Book, I don't think of the move or the music. That's interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some good music in there. Um, is that where Trash in the Camp is in? No, is that that's in Book? that's in Tarzan. Ah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you, Phil Collins. Um, <laughs> so, can't forget that one. That one would not be the same without Phil Collins. Um, that's, that's an interesting point. What What is the difference between Jungle Book and Aladdin that you can't imagine Aladdin without the music? Dude, I think, I mean, Friend Like Me, um, Whole New World, um, I, there, to be honest with you, there's actually not a lot of music in Aladdin. I mean, there. It's a musical, yes, um, but like, by and large, how many songs are in the movie? Like, I'm, try- I'm, I'm, I'm counting in my head. If you're not counting like the little reprises and stuff, I think there's maybe sure. five or six. It's not a lot. No, considering really most not. musicals, it's more like thirteen. Yeah, it, it depends, of course, on the approach that the writers take. Um, but with that said, I really do feel like all of them, some obviously, obviously more than others, but all of them play a pretty big role in the film. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, and I didn't, I almost, I don't feel that way about Jungle Book, the, the, the cartoon to, to the live. There's not as much an integration of the music into the storytelling? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean... I can't tell you off the top of my head some of the songs from Jungle Book. I mean, I really only know Bare Necessities and whatever that song, uh, uh, Wanna Be Like You. Yeah, I mean, not bad. Don't get me wrong. It's excellent. Excellent film. But I don't know. I feel like Aladdin's iconicity is more so. So I almost don't think you can tell the story about the music. That's interesting to talk about. Huh. So I thought that was, that's, you know. Intro, interesting introspection. Indeed. Anyway, back to the film. <laughs> By the way, Alan, our, our intro music, you, you got to come up with something more cinematic, man. I do. I'm just going to uh, input A Whole New World as our intro music. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll, we need That's to have our copyright infringement, is it? There's some weird laws there. We'll have a conversation about that for a lawyer. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, our lawyer. We have a lawyer? Okay. <laughs> No. no. Okay, great. I hired one without telling you. Uh, No, I'm kidding. Wonderful. Um, Anyway, back to the film. Moving on. So uh, Aladdin is, he's really, 
he kind of shows in that musical number he kind of runs the city because he knows every every square inch of it. He's able yeah. to evade the the guards really well, and he gets away with the bread. And then he gives the bread to these poor starving kids. Yeah, which was a sweet moment. Yeah, it kind of helps to show that this street rat is actually a good person inside. Yeah, he's he's a criminal, but he's a good one. <laughs> he's a criminal by necessity. I mean, he even says that in the line, uh, um, I only steal what I can't afford, gotta steal to eat, gotta eat to live. Yeah, and that's awesome. Don't know if that's right. I mean, maybe not, but, like, he's the hero of our story, so we have to give him a pass. Yeah. 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 So I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after we see Aladdin and he, he gives up the bread, he sings his little strong song about how he's not just a street rat. Oh, which is this where that song comes in? The one that doesn't make in the movie, but is in the musical. Oh man. Proud of your boy. I knew you knew um, what I was talking about. This is okay. If you have not heard proud of your boy, stop what you're doing. Go listen to proud of your boy. Um, from the Broadway musical, because this is the greatest blunder to the movie, in my opinion, is that Proud of Your Boy didn't make it. So there's a really interesting story behind that. Uh, I've got to find this guy's name, but the guy who wrote most of the music with Alan Menken, man, what is that guy's name? That's going to bug me. But he died right before the film came out. Um, Is it Howard Ashman? Anyway, I'm looking it up now. Keep going. Yeah. Right before the film came out. uh, Oh, Tim Rice, I think is the guy. Yeah, Tim Rice. Yeah. Uh, Tim Rice uh, died right before the film came out. Unfortunately, he wrote most of the music, Alan Menken. They were old friends. They they wrote together a lot. And Proud of Your Boy was a song that Tim Rice really pushed to be in the film. Unfortunately, it got cut. Maybe fairly so. It is kind of a longer animated film, especially at the time. Um, but it, when they were going to put it on Broadway, Alan Menken again, really pushed for it to be added back to the musical and they did. And it's this beautiful song. I'm actually, there's a YouTube video of the, I can't remember his name. The guy who plays Aladdin on Broadway right now. Kind oh, of like right now. I don't know. There's been a few of them. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a like promo video they did where he and Alan Menken just in the music room, uh, recorded a live version of that where Alan Menken's playing piano and the guy's just singing, right next to the piano. I'm going to find that video and put the link in the show notes. So if you want to go to the show notes and watch that right now, it is beautiful and honestly kind of heartbreaking. The whole song is about, you kind of learn more about Aladdin's life. Um, And it's a song Aladdin sings to his presumably dead mother about how he is, he wants to make his mom proud of him. And how he's trying to be a better person and get into a better life. And that's why Aladdin is so obsessed with, not really obsessed with royalty, but obsessed with getting out of his situation. Because if you watch the film without the song, it does seem like he's just obsessed with being rich and famous. But he's really obsessed with just trying to make his mom proud of him. And this is really my only criticism to Aladdin, um, (coughs) is that that this is actually Aladdin's a more complex character in context of this song. Um, and I almost feel like that's kind of maybe the biggest miss for this movie. And I, yeah, it's a longer runtime. Yeah. There are a lot of things going on, but man, it really paints a deeper character here. Now, maybe they didn't want to get, maybe they were wanting to play it safe. 
you know, they didn't want to go too deep here. They didn't want X, Y, Z. I don't know, but I, I think it's something to be said that this this film was would have been better with that in it. Yeah, I agree. And um, and I, the only thing I can say is, I think that song may be a little too deep for children. And I would agree with that. It is the children won't get it. Um, however, the only recourse I would maybe say to that is there are a lot of things that we watch that even kids movies <laughs> that when you watch it, you go like, Hmm, when my kid rewatches this, they're going to go, wow, I didn't know that that adult reference was in there or, or, you know, yeah, fair enough. Okay. We have got to move on cause we're halfway through our show and we still haven't <laughs> talked about half our main characters, but before we do. Luke, we have a sponsor to talk about. Oh, yeah. Who? (laughs) I love that we have not prepared these ad reads for any of the last three episodes we did. (laughs) Who's today? Do sell. (laughs) Luke, today we are talking about PodCoin. Hey, PodCoins. PodCoin is this fantastic app that pays you to listen to podcasts. You know, I like getting paid. Yeah, I like it in pay too. It pays you in these uh, coins, naturally, podcoin, paying coins. That can be. Is it like cryptocurrency? I guess so. It's like Bitcoin, maybe, but not nearly as expensive. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we take that back. It's probably not cryptocurrency. <laughs> you earn these coins, and they can be, you can use them to get gift cards for everything from Amazon to Target to Starbucks to lots of other things. I didn't even know what they were. Or you can also donate them to different charities. And they recently came out with this thing. I think they have donated a total of $1.2 million to charities in the past couple of years. So you could either go have an awesome time on a date night or out with friends, or you could not be a jerk and give it away to people that need it. Oh, man. Now you had to say it like that. I just got a Starbucks gift card. <laughs> just think how many people could be getting Starbucks that need it. Oh, Lou, come on. Anyway, <laughs> popcorn is awesome, great- though. It is it is awesome and any any podcast you listen to is on there. I seriously every podcast our podcast is on there, funny enough. You should go listen no to our way. podcast on Podcoin. And when you you're do go to Podcoin, to uh, if you're on Podcoin listening to it, good job. If you're not, go download Podcoin. It's on Windows, Microsoft or not Windows. <laughs> on Apple and Android phones. I don't know if it's on Windows phones or not. I don't even know if there still are Windows phones. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's still a thing. My, my sister had one for a while and it was hard to use. Um, <laughs> anyway. Download it. Yeah, download it and use our promo code NEXTFLIX, N-X-T-F-L-I-X, to get 300 bonus coins just for sign up, which that's already a fourth away to a $2 Amazon gift card. You are a four for way to two dollars, and that's it's free though. It's that's free fifty money. cents it just really from is, us. Though. We're giving you fifty cents. Yeah, this is a really expensive campaign, so don't take advantage of it. Just kidding. <laughs> it's really good though, and you can seriously find some good stuff on there. It's kind of a cool place to discover and get paid to discover. It's really awesome. It's almost like how do they make money? But it's really cool. It really is. I I'm so my sister pointed this out to me, and I'm so excited. To, to be listening on this app it's good stuff yeah so once Pod again noise. that promo code NXTFLIX for 300 bonus coins boom now, now back to your regularly scheduled program yeah okay so we, we've spent a lot of time introspecting so we gotta kinda like 
get up to speed here. Okay, the next characters we're introduced to are the Sultan and Princess Jasmine. Yeah, so the Sultan is this kind of whimsical. He's like the He's the definition of the term bumbling. Yeah, he's yes. He's somehow this super powerful ruler while being a dork. Yeah, there's two different scenes of him playing with his toys. I love it. Yeah, he really is. Hey, there was a king like that uh, in England when, you know, he's the one that lost America. Oh, yeah. King George. Yeah, a lot like him. Speaking of Hamilton, those are my favorite songs in that movie. (laughs) He really was off his rocker. Uh, Do you know he had a disease called porphyria? Hmm. It turns your poop purple. make me feel bad for saying that? Nah, he's fine. He was a jerk. Yeah. Anyways. But, so, and then Jasmine is our heroiness? Yeah. I was going to say damsel in distress, but she kind of does more than Aladdin does for most of this film. Yeah, she's she's the strong, independent woman that don't need no man. And uh, she is totally just this princess that needs but needs a man because that's the culture there um she the whole point is that she has to get married by her birthday because of the stupid laws and her birthday is like three days away but she doesn't want to get married she wants to just go out and be with the people but her father won't let her leave the castle this is again a deeper character arc than maybe he's ever mentioned in the show her mother is dead or just yeah seems dead and maybe that's why her dad is all obsessed with keeping jasmine in the castle yeah, afraid nothing will happen, so nothing will happen to her. Yeah. That's Man, interesting. What, what happened to Jasmine's mom? I want to know. There's more things to know. Man. That's really good. I wonder if Jafar killed her. The, oh. Nefarious. To stop the Sultan from having any more heirs? That's total fan theory. No support. <laughs> But that's interesting. I buy it. Sultan killed Mama Mama Jasmine? Mama Prince Mama, Mama Queen. Jasmine? Mama Sultan? Mama, Mama Sultan. We don't have a last name for Jasmine. That's a good I don't point. Think we do. We'll were there last it. names back then? I don't even know if there fact were last checking. names back then. There may not have been enough people in the world to have last names back then. All right, while you fact check, I'm gonna keep talking about the character. She has a pet tiger, which is pretty awesome and could only really happen to the royalty back then. And she just wants to leave the castle. So in the middle of the night, she sneaks out to go wander around the public market. And uh, she gets in trouble for stealing kind of accidentally. And Aladdin saves her from the market keepers. Because he's had some experience. Yeah, he's had some experience stealing. He's a good thief. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And they run off together and have this very romantic date. It's all cute, all nice. Gotta love Jasmine and Aladdin. They're they're such a cute couple, aren't they? They're adorbs. Totes adorbs. <laughs> that Totes was the, adorbs. That was the worst thing I've ever said. Totes adorbs. I mean, I, it's on the list. I don't know. It's just the worst. Oh, thanks, Luke. Thanks for being my best friend. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, it's uplifting <laughs> and both honest at the same time. That's what you need. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they... Uh, they went off together, and around this time, Jafar has also learned that Aladdin is his diamond in the rough to steal the lamp. How does so, he learn that? He has his little magic sandstorm thingy that he's using the king's uh, diamond ring, I guess, to 
make the magic sandstorm thing work. There's a lot of magic Jafar seems to have that never gets explained. He's just a magical guy. Yeah, I love that this era of Disney movies, they were just magical people. We didn't have to explain it at all. We didn't have to have a reason. What's wrong with 2019? We can't <laughs> accept that now. Um, I, have you ever heard this big fan theory that all of Disney films are connected in the same universe? No, I've seen the Pixar one. Oh, uh, there's one for Disney too, and it's actually a lot more intense. We may need to talk about that in a bonus episode. But part of the theory is how characters like Jafar and uh, Ursula from Little Mermaid get their magic, and it's it, it's it's interesting. But we don't need to talk about that right now. Okay. Yeah. 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 Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. <clears throat> so Jafar sends guards after Aladdin. They arrest him. Jasmine tries to free him under orders of the princess, and the guards are like, "Sorry, our orders come from above you." Which is interesting that Jafar is legally above Jasmine. <laughs> That's weird. Well, technically, she's just a princess. Yeah, she's also heir to the throne, though. Yeah, she's heir to the throne, but I'm, I'm curious if... I think Jafar has military support. We never do really get to see any sort of army. The guards are the only real army we see, so maybe, maybe he does. Let me say enforcers of not maybe army, but you know what I mean though. I think yeah. he has the support of the the military, but the people have the support of the Sultan. Oh, is this like a Dick Cheney situation? Are we watching Vice again? <laughs> <laughs> Vice in the Middle East. Oh uh, man, that's oh that's weird to think about. Anyway. <laughs> um so Aladdin is taken to jail and this creepy old jail guy with the help of Aladdin's monkey, Abu, who we've not talked about yet, and is... Can we talk about the animals real quick? Abu and Iago? Yeah, absolutely. Abu, Iago, which is Jafar's parrot, and uh, Raja, which is Jasmine's tiger. They're all kind of semi-sentient, but Iago's the only one who can talk? Yeah. It's weird. Um, They're fun characters. They are, and... To be honest, I'm happy with any character that is voiced by Gilbert Gottfried in a Disney film. I feel like they added a lot to the I feel like they... Okay, let me say this again. They added comedic relief. I don't know if they added a lot to the story. You know what, though? Disney had a thing with animal sidekicks for the longest time. They still do. And I love it. I love animal sidekicks. I think it made it fun. I don't know if it added. Um, but it, it did make it fun. It does make it fun. It's like the... I, uh, uh, Pascal, the, the lizard from Tangled, he just adds a fun element to the film, even if he doesn't really do a lot. And that's a total thing that every movie kind of needs is some some sort of... Not every movie, but, you know, some movies like this need that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the creepy old guy and Abu break Aladdin out of jail to go to the Cave of Wonder so Aladdin can try to get the lamp and Aladdin wanders in with Abu and he's allowed in the cave doesn't eat him so he is clearly our diamond in the rough yeah and now he's surrounded by all of the gold but he's told not to touch any of it only touch the lamp that legitimately sucks that's legitimately the worst thing ever (laughs) yeah Abu keeps trying to take things lines like no we can't we have we can only touch the lamp it's like when you're a kid and you go to a toy store or something, and you can't touch anything. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like, or a candy store. Yeah, except with, like, money that can help you <laughs> not be poor. Yeah. Um, Aladdin even makes a comment, like, uh, just just 
part of this stuff would make me richer than the Sultan. But they do find the magic flying carpet. Yeah, which is awesome. There's a lot of magic in this in this world, and this carpet is just <laughs> awesome. It just flies around. It's so cool. I love flying. I want a flying carpet so bad. It's also sentient. Yeah, it is. It it makes its own decisions, which is probably why Aladdin's able to take it because it's sentient and can give itself to Aladdin. Yeah, I agree with that. So, yeah, it's weird. Aladdin doesn't take anything but the lamp, but his monkey does. Yeah, Abu touches this giant red gem, and the cave goes crazy, spewing out this lava, trying to kill Aladdin. And the carpet tries to help free Aladdin. Uh, Aladdin gets stuck on the door, is trying to get out, reaches for the old guy. The old guy demands the lamp, and when Aladdin hands over the lamp, the guy just tries to push Aladdin back in the cave to kill him. And that's when we find out this old guy is Jafar in disguise. Jafar incognito. Man, this is the first real plot twist of my young life. It was really dramatic. <laughs> it was. Uh, and then Jafar finds out he doesn't have the lamp because Abu stole it back and jumped back in the cave with Aladdin. Such a good best friend. What a guy. Luke, if I fell what in a, a cave, guy. would you steal a lamp and jump in with me? Man, I... <laughs> would have to definitely say I would consider it more than most people. Okay. I would definitely say. That was a great non-answer. It's it's definitely not a no off the bat. (laughs) And let me tell you, there are some people it would be a no for. So, I mean, that's something. Well, so we are introduced to the genie in this scene. Yeah, so let's talk about Genie. And we're introduced to Genie in the most awesome opening number in history of opening numbers. Man, ever. I love this song so much. It pops up in my Pandora every once in a while, and I have to stop whatever I'm doing and dance to it. It's great. So the Genie is voiced by, if you don't know this, none other than the amazing Robin Williams. One of the best. And. I do not think that Aladdin would be Aladdin without Robin Williams. Okay, so that's a good point. Because there are two sequels to this film. One of them had Robin Williams, and one did not. And you're definitely right. The one that did not doesn't feel like an Aladdin film. No. The whimsicalness of, of Robin Williams in this film really made it come to life. Um, it made it lighthearted. It made it fun. It uh, it was one of the first films, and I'll say this now, um, to kind of break the the wall with the audience to some degree. Um, with, what do you mean by that? Yeah, good question. I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> the opening film, if that is the genie in the opening of the film, it breaks that wall. Oh, the okay. I see what you're saying there. Yeah, and I really kind of think, and even to some degree when he is just the blue genie, it kind of breaks the wall. You mean the fourth wall? Yeah. Okay. No, the wall. No, yeah, the fourth wall. The wall. Breaks the wall, the the wall of China, because this film is set in China. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Secretly a Chinese film. Potentially, but I don't know. Um, So anyways, and I think that's really interesting. It's actually maybe kind of daring for an animated film. For a film, this was the 90s. 
Yeah, films early nineties. There were good films out there, but they weren't some. Not a lot of them were as bold as they were today. So I think that's interesting. I also want to talk about improv here, because um, <laughs> Robin Williams improved his whole thing. He really did. Um, <laughs> I'm going to send you a link to some videos where he was recording. Maybe we should put them in the in the notes for this episode. Yeah, we definitely um, will. Because we definitely will. So check them out because they're awesome. And you see him reading some of the scenes for the movie, and it's totally he's just doing voices left and right and like little bits here and there and everywhere. It's really good. Um, and I think that's something else really unique about Jeannie's character is that he's this whimsical, powerful, powerful being that is improv and just fun and off the cuff and like lighthearted when, when we need it. But he can also be really serious. Like there's a scene, well, jumping ahead a little bit, one, one, <clears throat> Aladdin is trying to win Jasmine's affection, pretending to be Prince Abu Ababwa. Uh, it's a great name. Um, um, where Genie is being all kind of funny and whimsical and Jack Nicholson impressions. And he very seriously says, Al, really, no joking aside, you got to tell her the truth. And it's like, wow, that was a real sudden gear change that I am down for. Robert Williams was not just hilarious. He might be one of the top 100 best actors of all time. Oh, 100%. Have you seen... Oh, I know a movie we're going to watch. Have you <laughs> seen... Um, uh, he was in a movie uh, that... Um, Goodwill Hunting. It's called Goodwill Hunting. I have not seen that. I keep meaning to, but I've just not... Oh, he... It, Dead Poets Society. Have you seen that one? Oh, I love Dead Poets Society. <clears throat> Robin Williams could do Funny and Serious... I would venture to say the best in a way that no one else really can there. There's yeah. it's such, it's so hard to play between funny and serious. I'd say it's actually easier to accept the seriousness of the genie because of the funniness. Yeah. It really adds something to the character. And I feel like it's actually really great character development in general, because we haven't talked a lot about character development, but I think it's really great because as a watcher, we know nothing about these characters when we start, right? Like, they're, they're just blank pieces of paper to us. Yeah. Um, and when you meet someone new, your first impression of them, if it's, like, laughter and fun, that puts, like, feelings of good, goodness in you. Um, and it makes you open up and accept them kind of more. Um, so I feel like it almost builds a rapport early on with his, you know, his funniness and things like that. So when he gets serious, you're like, oh, all right, I'm listening. Yeah, and there's there's a kind of a deep somberness to this character where yeah, you know, we find out he's been basically he's a prisoner to being the genie, has yeah. been for ten thousand years or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and he just wants to be free. But this is his job, and unless someone wishes him free, he can't be free. Right. And when it, when he's telling Aladdin this, he gets so sad, and he talks about being free, and he sounds so hopeful, and it's incredible. Yeah, and it's like wow, there is something deep to this character, and so Aladdin promises to wish him free as his final wish. Yeah, absolutely, and it's <coughs> awesome. So let's 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 move forward um, a little bit here. Where do you want to Where do you want to go to? Well, I guess we just jump to the next part of the story, uh, Aladdin wishes to be made a prince so that he can marry Jasmine and Jeannie does it. And this really great turns Abu into an elephant makes makes Aladdin a prince, presumably creates an entire country for Aladdin to be the prince of 
Yeah, interesting. A fictional country. I don't know if he makes a whole country. He makes a lot of random servants. Yeah. Which is... I, can, it, can the genie create life? I don't think he can create life. Um, but he, I, he did. Where did all those servants come from? And all the animals? Well, we've seen the genie can duplicate himself. Are you saying they're all him? I think it's a fair possibility. Now that's interesting. I want because the remake. I want there to be a scene of 5,000 Will Smiths serving Aladdin. I mean, but hear me out. <laughs> but Yeah, but hear me out here. Yeah. The genie is totally, totally this guy that has the ability to duplicate himself, to change his appearance. And if he's creating a whole country instead of creating living beings, I don't think he, I don't know if he's that powerful. Um I would. Uh, there's no real like evidence to this. I just have a feeling that he would be duplicating himself. That's interesting. Okay, that that makes a couple more scenes later on pretty interesting. Yeah. So then, uh, Aladdin with his whole parade of apparently genie clones stormed to the <laughs> castle with this awesome musical number. Genie has back to back. Ron Williams has back to back musical numbers in this film, and it couldn't yeah. be better. It's amazing. It's really the, the close of the first act and the open of the second act are both Genie, which is a smart choice. Yes, um, it is. Yeah. But Genie has turned Aladdin into pin, the Prince. Uh, is it Abu Ababwa? Is that, am I saying that right? Prince Ali. Prince Ali. Ali Ababwa. Oh, right. Yep. Abu is what, ja, what uh, his monkey's named. Oops. Yep. So Aladdin storms to the castle on this great number. Prince Ali. Oh, such a great song. It is. Um, and he's talking to the sultan. Jafar doesn't want Aladdin here because Jafar wants to marry the princess so that he can be sultan. You got and, it. Yeah. Aladdin threatens to ruin that. <laughs> Sorry, my daughter woke up. I can hear my wife and my daughter playing in the other room. Um, and the princess is totally against Ali because she's totally against these pompous, arrogant jerks of princes who are just coming to marry her. Just because they think they can just own her. Right. And own her money and her, the empire, all this stuff. Preach sister. Yep. She's independent. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so Aladdin shifts gears and he goes to talk to her privately and he takes her on a magic carpet ride. Yeah. And this w- might be the best song in any Disney mover ever. They go to a whole new world. <laughs> Oscar winning song, by the way. It's it's pretty cool. It, it really is one of the uh, one of the most brilliant pieces in this movie and in Disney history um, because it just shows them falling in love to some degree, uh, and also shows them on the world's fastest transportation <laughs> machine ever. Yeah, no kidding. They go to Greece and Egypt and China. They see fireworks, Braden. That well, at that time, they could only be China. They're totally in China. This movie is totally set in China. That's how they got there so quickly. <laughs> well, how'd they get to Greece then? Because they, the, they were in Athens. They saw the Parthenon. It's a really fast carpet. <laughs> and they were in Egypt. They saw the Sphinx being built. It's a very fast carpet. Or they were out <laughs> for a really long time. I don't know. Yeah, presumably they're out for a night because Sultan comes to find her like an hour after Ali leaves. It's a really fast carpet. Maybe it's magic. Maybe Genie put them in a time loop. Or maybe they didn't go anywhere and the Genie just brought it all to them. Uh, okay, that's deep. Okay, maybe the Genie <laughs> can create Stargate-style wormholes. 
I want him to be able to. <laughs> Presumably he could. Why not? How does yeah. he wait? How does he teleport around? Because he was like there are several times this film, he just suddenly appears next to Aladdin from the other side of the room. Maybe it's all Stargate power. Maybe Genie's just an ancient. Maybe he's just magic. Oh, uh, that's true too. A magical ancient. I don't know. Okay. You know, we're talk- we were talking about mu- music earlier being a like a, a roller coaster, that opening song. This one's very similar, where it kind of starts slow and builds up. But the funny part is, because they're on the carpet, the carpet like mimics a sound bar rising and falling with the songs. Oh, it totally. You're totally right. It's the world's most old sound bar ever. <laughs> Who um, knew the carpet had such great rhythm? You're you're totally right, though. Right before this scene, though. Um, Christmas, Christmas jazz, Christmas, 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 Christmas jazz. <laughs> Christmas Jasmine is a pretty smart cookie, um, <laughs> and she she realizes, oh, this is the dude from the street. Yes, and Aladdin because, tries to cover by claiming he's always been the prince, and Aladdin is just his like cover. Because they do it in such a way that he reaches out her hand, out his hand, and he's like, "Do you trust me?" And she's like. I've heard that before from the guy in the street and you sound just like him. Is that your impression of Jasmine? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Sounds like Kenny from South Park. Oh, wow. That's, that's something. Um, anyways, <laughs> and she trusts him, takes his hand. It's like, oh, that's adorable. Totes adorbs again. Goals. And um, <laughs> yeah, you have goals with your wife to, to go on a magic carpet ride. That's the thing you're planning on doing. Uh, I'm just trying to find a magic carpet, dude. Yeah, I'll step one. Um... um so when they get back, Jafar's men have recaptured Aladdin because Jafar has realized this is Aladdin and realizes that he has the lamp. Yeah. So he tries to kill Aladdin. Genie saves him as, his, as Aladdin's second wish. This is another theory I want to talk about, uh, maybe in a bonus episode, but I don't think Aladdin uses any wishes in this film. What? Uh... Again, we should probably talk about this in a bonus episode, but there's this big theory I saw and I, I agree with, and I'll probably put it in the comment in the show notes as well, this, the video for this, but basically uh, Aladdin's only wish was to wish Genie free and that all the other ones, either Genie never accomplished or Aladdin tricked Genie into doing, so they don't technically count as wishes. <clears throat> so Aladdin is still owed two wishes. Holy freaking crap. <laughs> We can't talk about it right now. We got to move on. We're already an hour in. Sorry, keep going. Um, Every time we do this episode, this is our second time doing this episode, and it always takes forever. Keep going. There's so much to talk about. I know. It's funny. This is like the shortest movie we've talked about. It's going to be our longest episode if we're not careful. I know. Keep going. Sorry. Keep going. So Aladdin, Aladdin escapes, and he he uh, tells the Sultan, "Jafar tried to kill me. Jafar has been brainwashing you." The Sultan tries to arrest Jafar. Jafar escapes. And then Jafar comes up with this master plan. He is going to steal the genie. So he takes the genie, and now he controls the genie, and he has his wishes. And boy, does it get bad quickly. Boy, does the crap hit the fan. So Jafar wishes, at first he wishes himself sultan. And genie takes the castle and takes all the power from the sultan, gives it to Jafar. Then Jafar wishes himself the world's most powerful sorcerer. Which kind of questions how much magic he already has. He, um, d- hmm. Yeah. I, hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, so he, he becomes a sorcerer. A before, now he's a sorcerer. I see. He, so he becomes a sorcerer. He sends Aladdin off to, uh, 
what Russia? It looks like <laughs> probably Russia. It's always yeah. Russia. It's always Russia. And he captures the the Sultan and the princess, and he's kind of torturing them and trying to get Jasmine to love him. And Aladdin manages to fly back with a flying carpet. And this is where we get this epic fight with Jafar. It really is epic. Yeah, and, and so this is what I love about Aladdin. So most Disney films, there our hero defeats the villain. You know, in The Little Mermaid, they run a boat into Ursula. In in <clears throat> in Maleficent, they kill the dragon. Not Maleficent. Snow, uh, Sleeping Beauty, they kill the dragon. Uh, yeah, Sleeping Beauty, right? Yeah. In this one, Aladdin really uses his brain, and he tricks Jafar into his own trap. Yeah, he does. It's which is kind of a cool change from Disney and 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 those kind of stories is that he uses more intellect than brute strength. Right, because you're fighting the world's most powerful sorcerer. You can't just fight your way through it. Exactly, and I think that's a really cool change because I think too often wars and things like that are wars are are fought in many different ways. They're not just fought fought with um, strength. Right. Yeah, because Aladdin's trying to just fight Jafar with a sword, and he's failing miserably. And he comes to this realization, like, if he tricks Jafar into wishing to become a genie, then Jafar will be held to the same captive laws of the genie. Hmm. Which may... Do you think genie was once a person who wished to become a genie? Yes. I do. Second question, where's the original genie? Uh... Impossible to know, uh, but it feels like it's an ancient thing. It's just been passed down from ages. To Maybe. Ages. Huh, that's interesting. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Huh. This is weird to think about. How many genies do you think are out there? Well, I mean, it says in the opening song that there's a genie in every lamp. That's true. So I feel like they're, it's a collective to some degree. Hmm. So Jafar becomes a genie, which he's trapped in his own lamp, and the original genie locks him away into the Cave of Wonders. Man, maybe that's what happened to genie in the first place. What if... It, okay, picture this. What if this whole film is a time loop, and our genie is Jafar, <laughs> who after oh like 10,000 years in the Cave of Wonders... Like, eventually just loops through... (laughs) Yeah, like, he kind of goes crazy, merges with Iago a bit, and loops through time and becomes our genie. I realize there's a sequel to this film... Merges with Iago. (laughs) I realize there's a sequel to this film where they do actually, like, kill Jafar. It doesn't... But the sequel non-regarding, what if this genie is our genie? Yeah, that's interesting. I I could... (laughs) (laughs) How did he get in the cave? Whose cave is the cave? Okay, these are too deep of questions. Man, Will Smith has got to answer these questions for us in the new one. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the film. I want Will Smith specifically to answer these questions. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, Will Smith, like Q&A, Instagram, do it. At Will Smith. Yeah. Is it at Will Smith? I don't know. Um, So... Uh, Aladdin has one wish left and he's promised Genie to wish him uh, wish him free but Genie also says Aladdin wish to be a prince again that way you can 
you can actually marry Jasmine, which again is kind of like if the first wish to be a prince didn't hey. take, does it really count? Uh, I feel like again? it's not fair if you have to wish for the same thing twice. I mean, it. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, maybe because Jafar undid Genie's wish, the first wish. Yeah. Maybe that's why. I could see that. Hmm. Anyway. See that. But Aladdin decides to be the bigger man here, and he wishes Genie free. And it's this really cool scene where the lamp kind of dies, and Genie's shackles fall off. Which is also when I realized they were shackles, and that's weird. Yeah, they're the things that kind of kept him in, uh, in control. Yeah. And Sultan decides, you know what? Aladdin's pretty awesome. I'm changing the law right here now. Aladdin can marry Jasmine. Well, that would have fixed the whole thing from the beginning, Mr. Sultan. Come on, dude. If you did this an hour ago, we wouldn't have had any of these problems. But I'm glad you didn't, because we got a lot of good music and fun times for it. Fair enough. Um, sorry, I was just thinking, I wonder how many people died when Jafar went crazy. Wow. It's like they dig for up, a Disney movie there, Brie. <laughs> they dig up the whole whole castle, and there are presumably a few thousand people in that castle. I mean... A lot did, I'm sure. It's almost, yeah, a lot did, yes. Yes. Oh, well, our hero survived. That's all we care about. Well, that makes me sad to think about now. I know. And uh, this is the end of the film. Genie goes off to see the world. He he kisses the monkey, which is really funny. (laughs) That, uh, That had to be Robin Williams' improv. That's amazing. Oh, 100%. Uh, Aladdin's going to become Sultan and uh, happy endings all around. Yay, happy. Okay. Um, I don't know how these Aladdin episodes always turn into our most complex. Because uh, it's a really interesting film to talk about. It really is. It's an important is, film from our childhood. We need to talk about this three wish thing. <laughs> We're going to do a bonus episode later where we talk about that. So keep an eye out for that. Holy crap. That's awesome. Again, um, I'm putting the video. I'm putting the video for that in the show notes. So look out for that too. Holy crap! That's awesome. Okay, so Luke, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, Disney, make more movies like this. Yes, go back and they kind of have been, which is good. They've kind of gone <laughs> back to this better. style. Yeah, they've been getting better. Disney's done a really bad job, and this is another conversation. Uh, but this Disney in the past, they're doing better. They've done a bad job of creating a sustainable legacy. Yeah, because they would have stellar animation talent, stellar talent, period. But they never did a good job of like mentoring and building other people up so that it could keep going. Yeah, the the Disney, the whole Disney. Um just the company and the history is it's it's a weird history and i think they're really trying to fix things they are which is good they are they're a phenomenal company you can't argue with what their marketing is doing you really can't um it's incredible so my but seriously my closing thoughts are excellent movie um really i loved everything about it my serious my only critique is i wish they would have gone deeper on aladdin a little bit yeah it's a kid's movie yeah there's time constraints I really don't think it would have been that big of a detraction for time, and and I really do think it would have, like you said, I think you articulated well when you said it turned him into from a street rat to to a, a real person trying to make his mom proud. 
I agree with you. And I really hope they fix that in the upcoming film, the 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 live action, which we may talk about. We'll see what happens when you go see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Luke, what would you give this film using our patent pending rating system, which I yeah, looked our- into. We actually need to copyright it. We don't need to patent it. So our copyright pending system <laughs> for anyone that's new here. Um, first off, thanks for listening. Um, that's cool. Uh, but it really is. I was thinking about this this morning as I was like getting ready for this. I was like, man, a few people are listening to us and, and that's kind of cool. Um, don't know why, but it's kind of cool. Um, Shout out to all you guys from California, which is where the majority of our listeners are coming from. It's, it really is cool. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Um, but if you're new here, we have a patent pending. No, nope, copyright pending. Five-step rating system for our movies. Yeah, based on how much time, money, and effort we'd be willing to put in to go see the film. Top level is go see it in theaters, which we know is weird because a lot of these films are already out of theaters. But still, if it gets re-released in theaters, you go see it. Then there's buy it, rent it borrow it and skip it it's not worth your time your money or your effort so luke what would you give this film see it in theaters yeah totally agree man this is just a this is a it's weird to call this a super awesome unique film because a lot of disney movies at the time were like this Hmm. but they're all kind of super awesome and unique so go see it in theaters and there you have it yeah that's the thing yeah. Luke, what is the next flick we're watching? All right. The next flick is none other than, than the episode that started it all. The the movie that started it all. The the thing that started this friendship, the thing that started the lifelong obsession <laughs> with movies. It is none other than Winnie the Pooh. No, I'm kidding. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Although I just saw Christopher Robin. We may need to talk about it someday, but go on. Avengers Endgame. Boom. I was really yes. hoping you'd say that because I bought my tickets two weeks ago. I was hoping you said it because I got my ticket and I didn't want to go get anything else. Yeah, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Dude, I'm looking forward to this. We have a lot to talk about. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, great episode. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, at pod next p-o-d-n-x-t tweet us let us know what you think give us a shout out if you say something awesome we might shout you out on twitter in on the next episode who knows definitely and uh look out look look out for a couple bonus episodes coming your way soon one about this uh this three wish thing and maybe another special one coming out before the avengers film it's gonna be awesome and we're gonna recast the avengers oh i wasn't gonna tell them but okay cool Oh, um, we're <laughs> going good. to talk about the movie stuff. It's all good. We're doing a recast of the Avengers. The The Princess Bride recast we did last year went over really well, so we wanted to do another one, and what better than the Avengers? Thanks for tuning in, guys. We love you all. Goodbye. <laughs>